0: for joining us again and today we're doing something we should have done a long time ago uh, Bryce who's joining us today uh, was one of the reasons why the DNA company exists uh, originally I'm going to take you back we were way by way by back back uh, some of you have met with Harris. some of you have talked to Horace at different conferences and such and me and Horace were fiddling around trying to build supplements and trying to solve our own problems uh, and then we went to see Bryce because of all the people I've ever spoken to about what you should be taking and this is so important because you can go to a lot of people they'll tell you what you got they'll tell you here's a diagnosis but what do you do about it that's where we get lost right uh and in knowing Bryce I learned that what's in his head is incredible and everybody needs to hear it and that's where we got to well supplements aren't enough we need to personalize things we need to make things you know tailored to the individual and that's where we got to well we need to understand DNA because how do we tailor stuff if you don't know know the blueprint And the blueprint is your genomic instruction manual. Your DNA is telling yourselves what to do. If you can hear that language and understand what those instructions are, you know what's going on. And so from that, the DNA code was born. Uh, Bryce has been literally globetrotting his whole life, going to the best envi- uh, sorry, ingredient manufacturers, uh, you know, supplement manufacturers, trying to understand how things can get made better. Uh, on behalf of whether they're local uh, manufacturers or even in terms of the media Uh, and he's learned what actually works and the thing that we recently spoke about was immunity the thing that all of us are now worried about we all there's so much noise about what to do there's so much noise about here's the problem we know what the problem is that's that's clear what do you do about it there's a medical route where you rely on your practitioner your doctor to tell you here's what you do and we know what that is but maybe there's more right and not negating that whether you should do that or not that's a whole other two-hour conversation what else can you do because that's where all the noise is right that's where like i don't know what's right what's wrong so bryce thank you for joining us and i think you're gonna sort of clear a lot of mud today
1: my honor my pleasure circa 2017 i'll never forget that day you and the uh, came into my practice uh, and we first met and started noodling this concept and um, as they say the rest is history but i yeah. appreciate you and your mind uh, as a, uh, a connector and biohacker extraordinaire now. I mean, you, you've come a long way yourself and um, you just never stop learning. And, and I really appreciate that about you. And it's uh, it's wonderful to to finally join you on your podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's, I mean, it's impact is what drives it because when you see results, there's one thing to do what I used to do in my past life and make money, right? <laughs> Which is if you could do that, there's a lot of ways to do that, but there's no impact. There's not no no gain other than numbers which don't mean much after you have enough everything's paid for right that's it's just a game but when you start to see lives changed you know my, my take myself for example what did you do for me eczema gone psoriasis gone migraines gone acid reflux gone depression gone it's all gone i used to every winter season from the time i could remember until about four years ago be sick in bed for 10 days to two weeks two to three times per season And I remember what you told me, because I came to you saying why I had a migraine and a flu at the same time. You said it's not about getting sick. That's just exposure. You're going to get sick. It's about how sick you're going to get and how fast you recover. That's health. You can get sick every week. But and now, literally now today, I get a tingle in my throat. I spray a couple of magic potions you tell me about. And a few hours later, it's gone. I haven't been sick in three years.
1: So, you know, listen, to that end, a couple of important things uh, to circle back on. You know, that's a lot right there. Uh, You know, this is no miracle medicine. I think that's what you're alluding to. This is getting the body to do uh, what it already does on its own, uh, but much better. Uh, That is the art and science behind natural medicine at large. Uh, But you you said something that hit a a chord with me as well. And that's insofar as, you know, financial, uh, whether it's, you know, earning, investment, we have this lingo that we like to uh, promote uh, within natural medicine. These are not my words. I don't know whose quote this was, but ultimately it's going to always be true, forever be true. And that is your health is your most important investment. It is never an expense. Yeah. One body, one life, um, you know, and if you don't support health then all of that's gone. So good for you to want to make the change. Good for you to, you know, sort of learn about, uh, you know, all these sort of little, uh non miracles but pretty powerful things found within the world of natural medicine and you know often these are born empirically you know over the ages uh, through wisdom and storytelling. And, you know, they aren't, most of them aren't so new. Uh, they're reborn, perhaps validated scientifically, but, you know, they're often traditional, either they're Ayurveda or they are traditional Chinese medicine, uh, something that, you know, the East's been doing a long time that we finally adopt into uh, the Western, um, in, you know, more uh, scientific model, if you will. Uh, but yeah, listen, uh, you know, 20 plus years in clinical practice, I, can't say a day goes by where I don't see some form of incredible recovery. Um, it's not me. Um, it's the individual's ability to uh, ultimately reactivate, whether it's their immune system, we'll talk about that a little bit more today, um, or their detoxification, uh, or to manage, as we say in the DNA company, right, you can't change your genes, but you can manage genetic expression uh, through triggering slight you know, changes in uh, the Epigenetics, and you do that by, you know, turnkey with the right ingredients. That's really what it's all about.
0: Yeah, and I think when you say that, you know, people think of this stuff as not rooted in science or not scientifically valid, it just hasn't been through a very specific scientific process. Science, what is science? You, there's a hypothesis. You then observe something, and when it works, it's true, right? And when somebody has observed something for a 1,000 years working, it hasn't gone through a very specific process that a very specific entity needs, but it's still proven to be true.
1: Right. So this is, of course, not you know mo- you know placebo control, um, randomized clinical trials or multi sites. You know as you're as you're alluding to, but science does revere uh, n of one, multiple n of one over time, and that's frankly, the richness of what the DNA company sits on. You're N of one, I'm N of one. We know what our genetics are. We've got thousands and thousands of N of ones, and we've seen repeatedly very specific things being done uh, or done for these individuals. And over time, the same kinds of patterns uh, evolve and express. So N of one over time is a very, very, very powerful and also scientifically validated uh, form of proving through like you said stuff that's otherwise perhaps traditional or empirically derived
0: and that's where so this whole sort of wave of personalized medicine that's supposed to come and you look at articles i, I actually just bought national geographic did you know that national geographic is 18 dollars now i thought it was like three or four dollars i picked it up while i was grocery shopping and I, I was like that's gotta be a mistake i had no idea that's what magazines cost because i haven't bought one in years but anyways it was all about the future of medicine. Uh, and they're talking about personalized medicine. But when you look at what they refer to as personalized medicine, it's not that personal. They're taking the maximum you can take out of this thing we have that is the most personal thing, our DNA, and still bucketing into how do I make it one size fits all, right? Meaning that the only thing that they're drawing out of it are the direct connect genetic conditions, sickle cell, you know, the, the conditions that are there's a switch that was turned on and off. So personalized medicine isn't truly about personalizing medicine to you. It's about what medicine can I make that's personalized, meaning that every person needs every problem solved at a personalized level. Not only this 2% of problems can be personalized, right? And that's the challenge that we've been having. And it is through that end of one work. Like you said that, I mean, you were deeply involved in what we said. The answer isn't about mass. It isn't about making one size fits all. It's that if you go n of one, you can start to find these profiles of the trends. And you can start to see that there aren't an infinite number of hormonal cascades, there's five or six, and there aren't an infinite number of cardiovascular cascades, there's a few. And now all of a sudden, you can get personalized, not one pill that works for one problem. But maybe it's four or five different solutions. And now 100% of people get their problems resolved. Right? And that's part of the work you helped with us. And it was amazing. But uh, now, sorry, go ahead just going to
1: say to that end, you know, one of the things that blew my mind just reminded me, and by the way, I I can't believe National Geographic is that expensive. (laughs) Um, I I had some of my most incredible learnings through that publication. Uh, My mother ordered it to our home growing up, followed a lot of the work, and he was often, um, you know, uh, featured, uh, and that was uh, Dr. Stephen uh, Jay Gould, um, evolutionary biologist. In fact, one of, of, uh, you know, the individuals who, you know, really impressioned upon me uh, the whole idea of evolutionary biology, and of course the application to biological medicine. Growing up, it's funny you mentioned National Geographic. So, um, what you know blew my mind. One of our many, uh, obviously uh, many um, findings uh, was, uh, you know, maybe after a year or two uh, studying under uh, Dr. Mansur Mohammed, of course, who's our uh, genomics. Um, uh, you know, the, the, literally the inventor of these uh, pathways that we've been studying for all these years um, was determining that individuals who are women in particular, particularly younger women uh, who have predispositions genetically or through their genomic pathways to be strongly estrogenized or estrogen dominant, and then ultimately downstream, uh, potentially even estrotoxic, a lot of these individuals And the combination of those two things, we saw a lot of Lyme disease uh, through uh, P3 Health uh, before that recently actually evolved into VenMed here in Toronto. Um, But one thing, and and one thing only that we would do in these cases that seemed to miraculously recover these individuals was removing them from either birth control pills and or hormones, replacement therapy, which was either synthetic or natural, didn't matter. Uh, You take that estrogen Uh, hypertoxicity away from these individuals and the Lyme disease disappears. I guess to that end, what I'm saying is that uh, sometimes it's more about what you take away, the burden uh, on the individual, uh, even more so than it is ultimately trying to give them something. Yeah. Um, and, and so, the, you know, and we've discovered a lot of that, you know, and when we, when we talk about toxins, we're not just talking about these ethereal, industrial, you know, produced pollutants in the atmosphere. We're talking about those endogenous self-made toxins. We all make mm-hmm. toxins. Often it's how well do we clear them and solving for that, in particular, in this case, removing the offending agent, health ensues, right? I mean, right. The, so that's just, you know, one of many findings. And actually that applies to the immune system as well. Um, you know, one thing that really, uh, concerns me in fact, is this whole trend that's gone on over the last couple of years over the pandemic. And, and that is the lack of exposure of the offending agent. This is paradoxical, uh, mm. you know, not so simple. Uh, so this discussion involves understanding the innate immune system and that part of which we learn over time, the learned immune system, kind of like a muscle. If you don't work out your muscles, you don't flex your muscles or lift weights. We're meant to push, pull, jump, squat, lift, and press. Uh, our immune system's meant to engage in different ways, right. cytokine expression, but with the outside and different microbes and viruses, if it doesn't do that, it starts to forget. And, and by analogy of working out, it gets lazy. Um, and, and that's concerning to me, you know what I mean? I don't know about you, but I myself have been very, you know, because of what we've been doing, um, you know, avoidance techniques and so forth. Uh, I haven't been nearly as sick as, uh, you know, I used to be in the past. And and I don't want to be sick. But this is now full circle to a comment you made earlier. The epitome of health is not whether you get ill. It's how quickly and effectively you recover from that illness. Mm -hmm. And so when I would get ill, colds or flus or whatever they may be, it was high fever, but fast and furious couple of days you know, nurture myself back to health, and then boom, I'm right back to it. That's keeping a healthy immune system. Of course, you don't want superimposed bacterial infections or complications that run out weeks on end. But not getting sick is a problem, too.
0: Mm -hmm. I remember when my one of my kids was sick earlier on, he got pretty sick. And first time I experienced it, right. And your comment to me was good. He's building his immune system. That's what needs to happen right now, right? And, and the, your comment about you know intervention with what's going on right now, and the, the sort of us leaning towards this single solution, this vaccine solution, right? And versus innate immunity. And we didn't know early on what we were dealing with, and so there was a sort of you know free for all in terms of let's let's figure this out, and we we got driven towards a vaccine, which. Uh, was working for some people but then you look at other viral infections this is the first time we've ever used a vaccine on somebody that's sick meaning that if you have measles or you have you're not it's there okay you have it now deal with your innate immunity buildup right you can get something to prevent or you can get them but it's never been offered as sort of a, a treatment or if somebody got something now Ride the wave and let's see what happens. And you're going to get better. There, there's other support that can be be provided, but not vaccination or inoculation against that virus. This is the first time we're ever seeing that.
1: It's the first time, and it's the first time, and this is my biggest, you know, uh, con- yeah, my frustration um, with what we're doing and, and how we're proceeding forward right now. And that is the the lack of attention and or acceptance that's given. To natural immunity, in fact, it's not even acknowledged in, in mm-hmm. many circles in many countries. Um, the vaccine essentially deals with so far, I mean, the ones that are out there deals with a single protein on the outside of that virus. It's the spike protein we all hear about in the news. Um, you know natural immunity engages with dozens of others outside the actual cell service, plus a, a lot of internal cell components, nuclear components. So when you've had COVID, um, you know, this is really where my frustration lies when you've had COVID, you have natural immunity. Uh, well, two things, a, my strongest advice is to really, really consider whether or not if you haven't already gotten it, you know, a vaccine is, is healthy. I don't believe it is. I don't believe it's doing anything except maybe hyperactivating your immune system at that point in time. We know natural immunity is robust. We know it lasts a very long time. Um, and the way I would, you know, advise a patient is by first, uh, testing for their T cells. And that's easily doable. You can have a blood, you know, uh, test that determines whether or not you even had COVID, you know, two years ago, because your immune system is robust and it's long-lasting, and your T cells remember. Uh, that's the learned component. Um, but the other thing is that we're not acknowledging it insofar as it being something that you would accept into these passports. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is infuri- infuriating to me because, you know, frankly, what the literature tells us, what we've learned, is that natural immunity uh, is stronger and longer-lasting uh, in individuals who have complete immune systems. And what I mean by that is they're not immune compromised and, and you know, they don't have immune dysfunction. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can hyperactivate the immune system and you can confuse it. Um, you know, and then when it gets confused, we have all kinds of problems, you know, well beyond what we've come to learn about, which like hyperclotting events, for example, or neurological uh, issues. I don't know if actually you, you saw recently in, uh, in the publication science um, uh, about how they've looked at uh, these cohorts military particularly, but uh, high association between Epstein-Barr, the virus that causes mm-hmm. mononucleosis. Many of us have it circulating in us. We don't necessarily remember getting mono, the sleeping or kissing disease, uh, nor do we have fibromyalgia, highly suspected by a lot of functional medicine practitioners to when it reactivates, cause this uh, you know, uh, uh, pigeonhole disease. <clears throat> but in the science article, well, the science publication recently, what they determined was multiple sclerosis, Uh, seems to be highly correlated with the expression or re-expression of Epstein-Barr virus. So that's an example of a confused immune system. And actually, frankly, that's exactly really where I've taken a focus in my clinical practice is uh, honing in uh, to the immune system, to the individual, that end of one, understanding their genetics through the DNA company uh, and the genomic pathways, because again, hormones play a role, methylation plays a role, detoxification plays a role. Uh, and then really doing a deep dive into their cytokines. These are hormones that ultimately activate uh, the inflammatory or anti-inflammatory systems and tells uh, you know, the immune system, whether it's frontline or for that matter, the learned back end uh, immune system, what to do at any given mm-hmm. time, particularly the front end. And we should maybe talk about that and how natural medicine, nutraceuticals, ingredients that we use are uh, really You know, helping the immune system—you you you can, in fact, boost the immune system. You don't always want to, but you can. Um, And and then with you know all of that information, choosing the you know most appropriate nutraceuticals to not always boost, but often modulate. You know, I think we have to redefine some of these terms in functional medicine and you know Mm -hmm. even biohacking world. It's not always about boosting. Sometimes it's about rejuvenating or modulating. And when you know you don't want to boost an unhealthy rogue cell. Uh, like cancer or some deadened, you know, near senescent immune cell, because that's just boosting an unhealthy production. Um, You know, we want to invite autophagy. We talk a lot about that in biohacking world and functional medicine. We want to invite senescence at the right time of the cell cycle, Mm -hmm. apoptosis, these things, cells on its way out, let it die off, and that's the whole point behind some of these, you know, protocols like intermittent fasting or even certain supplements you can take. But when you understand their genomics uh, and you understand their cytokine profile, those are two very powerful tools. One will never change. Mom and dad dealt the cards there. Um, epigenetically, you can manu- manage them, as we talked about. That's the whole beauty of what we focus on, the DNA company. But 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 if you understand lifetime cytokine performance. Um, sometimes an immune system can have a hyperactivated pro-inflammatory sequence. Some of the family, like interleukin six, for example, is notorious for elevation in the um, Epstein-Barr virus re-expression we just alluded to, and you know fibromyalgia chronic fatigue, for example. Or you could have a depression in interleukin ten. That's an anti-inflammatory cytokine. So if, if we find this sort of lifetime fingerprint in my clinical practice, I will determine herbs that are best to bring up an underactive component of the immune system, or maybe even bring down uh, a part of that. And and, and, and again, to your point, this is tempering or balancing Mm -hmm. the immune system. You you don't want to get a vaccine when you're sick. You don't want to get a vaccine when your immune system is imbalanced. And most of North America who's listening to this podcast uh, have imbalanced immune systems. And and again, we, we can talk about this, but it often starts from lifestyle, diet, nutrition, state of mind, you know what there are maybe potentially deficiencies, uh, but more than deficiencies, because we're not always trying to resolve, you know, vitamin D deficiency or a third world country vitamin C deficiency. Those are certainly more rare, uh, not vitamin D. Uh, that's very common. But often what we're trying to do is engage the immune system by adding some ingredients uh, or life hacks to up or down regulate, um, you know, uh, you know, imbalanced uh, cytokines when it comes to the immune system. That's, that's quite frequently what we're doing
0: so even just to use the words immune system it's people consider that to be very that that is the sort of the limit of what we're looking at but you're saying even there there's so many levels of personalization to understand before even recommending you could be general and i'm, I'm sure there's things you could recommend that everybody can take but there's ways to get very specific in terms of where you're at mapping things out it's like getting blood work done understanding your numbers for cholesterol etc then knowing how to act so that First step, we don't really do. You don't really hear much about people mapping out their immunity and then knowing specific for themselves what action plan they need.
1: Absolutely, not everyone has to, or 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 maybe even necessarily wants to, but you absolutely can. And when you do, you're more empowered. Just like when you have your genetic information, you're certainly more empowered to know how to. You know, it's you know the instruction manual to help you. You know, guide. You know, who's going to drive without GPS these days? Who would have driven without a map? Uh, you know, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So, it, you know, it's, it's incredibly empowering uh, unless you want to just sort of blindly go through life and not necessarily know. Um, there's something everyone, there's things everyone should do. We can talk about those too, but when you're empowered, again, N of one, understanding your genomics, understanding some of this lifetime biochemistry, you're certainly able to, you know, build protocols, uh, certainly immune protocols, that will, you know, in the face of COVID or most other viruses and bacteria, you know, we talked about cytomegal- or, uh, Epstein-Barr virus, right? Uh, and cyto- there's a, a cytomegalovirus or herpes simplex family. In fact, a lot of scientists, immunologists, epidemiologists now understand that, you know, these three and some other viruses are really one of the number one causes of cancer, reactivation, so once again, the foundation of the immune system is faulty and or not guided and or you're blindly, you know, navigating through life and that's predisposing you to the big C, you know, cancer. Um, and yeah, you know, you can, yeah, you're you, knowing your numbers is really important. So when you go to your family doctor and they do a white blood cell count, it's not just to know how many troops you have within your army, it's to really pick that apart and understand, you know, what are the leukocytes or the neutrophils or the eosinophils, the basophils, what are they all doing? And what are their counts individually? But yeah, it doesn't stop there. There are hormones that dictate what those things should be doing. And uh, there's also, and this is, I, I, and I said I'd bring this up eventually and it does fit well here. And that is that when we talk about boosting, whether we're using Echinacea or Stragalus or Panax ginseng or you know whatever we're using, um, we're often, what we're talking with, you get a lot of naysayers out there. People mm-hmm. say, oh, you can't boost your immune system. There's a time and a place where you want to. Uh, but what we're talking about is frontline immune defense. You know, we're talking about the innate you're born with this component, these, these different cells. Um, but the one that is probably most important is the natural killer cell. You know, and if you're, if you're born in our era, uh, you, you know, we're very familiar with the game Pac-Man and we used to have to pay 25 cents right. to play it in the local convenience store. Right. Um, this is what we want to think about these cells like Pac-Man. They don't care what's ahead of them. As long as they're supercharged, they can eat a ghost or some rogue cell. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're just munching away at anything they encounter that they know is otherwise for like a virus or a bacteria or a cancer cell. We all have cancer cells moving through our system. Here's another tip, by the way, for the listeners, we all have a certain amount of cancer cells. I just said it. But when those cancer cells get rogue, and embed themselves into tissue or not, you know, your environment, your internal, uh, you know, your, your microbiome or your, your genome is faulty, or whatever those situations might be, cancer can flourish. If your immune system's highly, you know, active, robust, and you're healthy, you'll manage those cancer cells um, and, and you won't succumb uh, to cancer. But learning and knowing your numbers is really helpful. And so what are those besides cytokines or natural killer cell activity or numbers? Uh, circulating tumor cells. This is a test that's widely available. This people don't know about it. So there's a baseline, and there's certainly what is otherwise normal, just like what's a normal white blood cell count, what's a normal circulating tumor cell count? There's a normal level. When you exceed that, now is probably the time you want to get in front of an oncologist and have some MRIs or you know, contrast or or, or, or CTE. No, that that, that so it's the point, knowing your numbers and understanding them. Um, and circulating tumor cells. Among others, there's, you know, there's antigens and and other types of cancer cells that you can know the numbers about, but uh, certainly it's appreciating where you're at and, you know, in terms of an immune dysfunction or imbalance. Uh, We know this as Th1, Th2, uh, like a teeter-totter, you know, modulation. Mm -hmm. And some of us are Th1 dominant. Some of us are Th2 dominant to work on that, you know, immunological balance is very helpful to stay away from you know a lot of these uh, reactivating uh, viral viruses you know for example, yeah. um,
0: and that's one thing that I've learned from you and Mansoor and other people on the team is that when we dive into genetics we kind of find the holes that need to be plugged and that's what creates that balance so it isn't about treating something necessarily it's about you can you can get ahead if you create if you know exactly where you're suboptimal you're not doing as well that's where you focus it's not a disease it's not a condition you you just don't do that job well so let's make it better and the same same is true for what you discussed and you know you mentioned things like echinacea ginseng and there's people when they hear words like that start to think about fufu science and you know grandma's medicine and that's not healing power that's just supplement sales and marketing but you're one of the few people that has gone out there and actually participated in clinical research about this type of stuff, and in fact, you just I know you go to Europe and Asia and all over the place to, to visit these manufacturers. there's uh, products that you've looked at that even within the world of you know COVID and coronaviruses, people are now doing the research, that scientific validation, which is what prevents people from saying this stuff works. they're doing it now, and you, you actually have evidence of that stuff.
1: Yeah, there's so much. Well, to start off with, you know, I'm all about, as you are and the team is, about, you know, clinical evidence, a variation of that, you know, level that we we can appreciate. Our criteria is quite strict, but when it comes to uh, natural health products, and depending on what country you're residing in, you know, and and what qualifies there, you know, to be sold to the public, that varies as well. But here in Canada, where we're, you know, talking, where we're doing the podcast from, we have some of the strictest regulations around, right. you know, uh, natural products, certainly at retail as well. So <clears throat> I'm all about the ingredient, not the brand. Right. And it's about understanding, you know, where the ingredient, where the active comes from, how is extracted, um, you know, what literal DNA it grew from in terms of the seed to plant and then farm to finish. And so just to use that as an example, uh, there's all kinds of echinaceas of uh, pallida and gustafolia purpurea, um, you know, this goes back many thousands of years that echinacea has been used by, you know, um, indigenous people in Canada and the U.S. And again, empirically, they saw this you know, It was called snake root. They saw that this would ha- help with snake bites and, you know, people that had flus and sicknesses and all kinds of things. Back then, it was almost maybe even more of a panacea. But then can science can de- distill down what some of these ingredients might work best from. Now, so there's all these different types of echinacea. And there's different DNA that suggests, you know, this will grow a better, uh, more robust echinacea. And then there's, again, there's extraction processes, distillation, and concentrations. So having been through, you know, there's some great stuff that comes out of Italy. You know, there really is a really wonderful echinacea, angustifolia, uh, that uses primarily, they use the root and some of the aerial component. But the stuff that's now coming out of Switzerland, that uses a, uh, an Echinacea purpurea, the aerial components, the flower, the head itself, and the root, fresh pressed. So the extract is live fresh and distilled, not heated, uh, not dried, and encapsulated in in powder form, but fresh in liquid tincture form. And uh, this extract has over 30 human clinical trials on it for cold and flu. In fact, I I mentioned Health Canada. Health Canada, this is the only product, not even vitamin C or anything else gets this claim. And Health, Health Canada's approved claim for sale of this Echinacea purpurea tincture, and or even a tablet form, as treats and prevents colds and flu. That's saying a lot. Yeah. And, um, and and it's a lot to do, they think of the mechanism, by the way, I mentioned 30 clinical trials on, on colds and flu, treats and prevents. Most recently, actually, a really well done trial, 120 people, um, not placebo controlled, but there was a control group in place, uh, took this echinacea form. And the numbers, the, uh, the output was they helped, it helped to prevent and treat, shorten the duration and prevent COVID. Um, oh, wow. That's now- Yeah, it's under review for publication. It's been done. Um, This part of the study didn't actually uh, get, you know, it wasn't statistic. This part I'm about to mention wasn't statistically uh, relevant, but because the numbers were too small, but in the control group, um, I believe it was two or three people went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. In the echinacea uh, group, no one went to the hospital of the people that ended up with COVID, Uh, but there were far more uh, statistically significant. Yeah, Yeah, so ingredients like that, I mean, when we appreciate cellular, you know, uh, mechanics and, and biology and the genetics and you put all that stuff together, I think, uh, and, you know, we're, you and I are doing a project on this right now live actively, I think managing, we've heard, the, you know, the term inflammation, it's a medical buzz term of the day for a good reason. It's the underlying cause of most disease at the cellular level, but cellular inflammation, understanding how to manage that is going to directly and indirectly help to manage, immune uh, system function. And so what I mean by that is top down. Um, So looking at protecting mitochondrial function, which is, you know, the organelle inside all of our cells, trillions of cells, concentrating the brain and and the heart uh, that make energy for us currency of energy ATP. So it makes energy. So protecting the mitochondria, duplicating it, um, and then increasing its output, because that's the fuel, that's the energy that drives everything. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts our circulation, our immune system, if the mitochondria within your natural killer cells is dysfunctional, how's it going to act like Pac-Man and eat anything up? Mm-hmm. So working top down, supporting the internal me- me- mechanisms of your cells like the mitochondria and then downstream, which we've learned through the DNA company, detoxification and inflammation. Like, How do we manage all of that in one? Um, and as you know, uh, something I reported back to you recently, You know, when we looked at a bunch of numbers, what did we see uh, that were actually proving out exactly where we should be. And that's supporting methylation, uh, inflammation. That's almost synonymous, as we've learned from uh, Dr. Mansour, detoxification and energy output. So this is an exciting project, self uh, C-E-L-L-F.com. Uh, listeners can go there and actually sign up, at least enroll for an active uh, marketing research project that we're undergoing using. And this is now where we get to talk about the ingredients uh, again, a combination of ubiquinol, PQQ or pyrroloquinoline quinine that's going to support uh, mitochondrial division um, and uh, NMN, whether you follow the work of Dr. David Sinclair uh, or Charles Brenner, you know, David's a lot more for nicotinamide mononucleotide and, and Dr. Brenner's a lot more for niagen, which is mm-hmm. the uh, nicotinamide riboside, but they're both precursors to NAD uh, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, which supports DNA replication, energy production, mitochondrial function, et cetera. So are using those ingredients Some of the best in class curcumin and some of the uh, best in class uh, uh, detoxifying uh, or supporting of detoxification, glutathione. And so let me tell you, glutathione is a half billion dollar industry in North America and probably 80% doesn't work. You can PubMed this, glutathione, this is for detoxification, supports how we eliminate all kinds of different things, as you know. Um, whether it's precursors to D, to glutathione or it's glutathione itself in a reduced form or liposomal form about 80%. Per- some, some people say, some researchers say more than that, 90% doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, either it's format or it, it, it's just sitting outside of the cell. If you can get glutathione into the cell beyond homeostasis this is how much your, your, mm-hmm. your, your, um, cells producing on its own intracellularly. Now you're in business. And so we're using in this project something called gamma-glutamylcysteine, uh, or GGC. Like this is a very new form of, uh, of glutathione that w- has been proven in multiple human clinical trials to get intracellular beyond homeostasis. Therefore, has been proven to upregulate intracellular glutathione within ninety minutes. By the way, for sports enthusiasts, that translates to speedy recovery, rapid recovery, and a down regulation of um, you, know, you know too much inflammation. Uh, so, uh, you know, full circle, again, you know, just knowing where the ingredients come from, uh, you know, the evidence behind them, you know, structure, function claims, and of course, purity, transparency, traceability, um, and environmental sustainability. All of those are part of our criteria and always have been at the DNA company in terms of what we manufacture.
0: So when you went through and you created Self, and this was an awesome project, it's kind of started off with something on the side where we realized that, like you said, disease is rooted in inflammation. Nobody argues that, you know, primary care MD down to biohacker. Everybody agrees with that. What is inflammation rooted in? That's where the questions weren't being asked because the tools weren't available. We just know that you get inflamed. It's going to cause some kind of issue and then you get some kind of disease. Just depends where you got the inflammation. So we've learned through genetics that we can sort of look into the future and see what inflammation is coming. Because we can look at two things. Where are you cellularly suboptimal? Like, you know, endothelial isn't doing the best as an example. And then what loads would cause you to get inflamed environmental, nutrition, lifestyle load, something like cardiovascular exercise, which is counterintuitive to say it could hurt you. But for some people can right? So now fast forward, we've understood that regardless of genetics, this is the one thing that the hub that all the spokes come out of. Right And regardless if we're treating you know uh, eczema like you were for me, or we're treating depression or we're treating cardiovascular disease, something's going on, even neurological inflammation that may be leading to a mood and behavior issue, right? So that's where you've said that if we deal with innate immunity and reducing inflammation, a combination of these things with these ingredients, you kind of plug all these gaps and holes. And the worst case, you're gonna live a few a, year, a few years longer and age a little slower, right? Especially with things like MNM NMM in there. How, how much does it matter with the glutathione? I know there's a very unique ingredient you're working with, but I've heard with some people that have gone for like glutathione IVs uh, and they are missing copy number variation. Their GSTT, the core glutathione gene. They don't even have it. And then all of a sudden, that treatment that was supposed to help them makes them bedridden you know we've seen this with a naturopath's office uh, where they can and then they give them more they say well maybe you you, you know it's so bad you're, you're you're detoxing right now that's why you don't feel good you need a little more and that gets even worse so does it is this based on the ingredient is it based on genetics is it a combination of both
1: just going to say, you hit it uh, on the nail on the head there. It's a combination of both, as, as Mansoor would teach us, or has taught us, and as you know, you'd remember, it's the super family, right? GSTT1, GSTM1, GSTP1, um, and all the you know uh, variations that exist within those. You know, creating intermediates. First of all, I do think glutathione. Works no matter you know what the format extracellularly and there's some benefit to that, but we want it in the cell. So you're yeah. having some antioxidant uh, function outside of the cell. Now somebody who's given too much too quickly intravenously that also has you know some of these poor copy very or zero we call them n null um, and even downstream it, you know what's likely happening is an accumulation of extracellular intermediate. You know, so the is helping to, you know, meta- detoxify some of these things um, the body might have excess of. But then, where is it going? It's not get it's not being metabolized intracellularly and then converted to something, uh, you know, water soluble that we can pee out, poop out, or sweat out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem. So you know, th- that's the that's what's happening in those individual situations. Ind- people getting intravenous therapies in uh, naturopathic offices. Um, you you, you want to tighter this stuff up as well. The stuff that does work because you know, just like immune function um, or you know, inflammation for that matter, you, you don't want all guns blazing all the time. You wanna understand the individual and you wanna sometimes go up, you know, and even down in dose. There's a there's a concept called hormesis. You've probably heard of this before. Um, or, and, and similar to conventional medicine that can appreciate pharmacokinetics. If we really understood the individual and the drug and the studies and the P450 system, the side of, that we study with genomic detoxification, um, you know, and uh, LD50, which in pharmacokinetics represents the amount at you know, uh, you know 50 percent of the time will kill a, a lab animal. Uh, hormesis is this sort of bell curve wave where too little of an ingredient uh, quality aside for now, too little of an ingredient does nothing to modulate or stimulate the system. Too much of an ingredient can cause serious problems and side effects like intravenous glutathione to somebody with these variations, but the perfect amount just to cause that, Mm -hmm. you know, stimulation. In most cases, hormesis is really, uh, the perfect amount of the thing that would ultimately in some cases even be toxic. Like, uh, you know, we've spoken about this before blue, you know, scorpion venom. Right. right, which has been studied for chlorotoxin, just the right amount to stimulate uh, it's in the literature, uh, e- evidence is amazing for certain uh, t- brain tumors and certain forms of cancer, uh, or for that matter, uh, therm- uh, you know, um, thermal exposure. So that's why we do infrared sauna, right? Mm-hmm. This is why we do cold dunks. That's hormetic. It's, but too long in infrared sauna, you'll melt and die. <laughs> too long <laughs> in, a, in an ice bath and you'll freeze to death, right? right? I mean, so it's, but too little probably does nothing. You can't jump in and out of an ice bath and have some therapeutic benefit. Um, and the same with the, you know, infrared sauna, you got to do it for that right. That Goldilocks right. formula is how often refer back to it. So yeah. To your point, glutathione is not right for everybody, and it's also at too high of a dose in the wrong format. You know, I I, I really like the precursors as well. Uh, if you're blind to this, and or even if you know genomically, so these are like Nacetylcysteine, um, you know, this is alpha-lipoic acid, selenium. These these three ingredients can often help the body make more of it if it's well equipped. Um, and uh, you know, and, and the work of Dr. Paul Merrick to even come back just briefly to COVID. Uh, and the work uh, that, you know, him and his team at University of Eastern Virginia Medicine, School of Medicine have created for uh, the uh, inner outpatient COVID protocol, it includes a lot of these simple ingredients. Um, you know, looking at vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, coercitin, that's an incredible bioflavonoid that has wonderful uh, immune modulating and mm-hmm. even uh, inflammation lowering It's found very high in onions and certain, you know, yellow and orange varietal fruits and vegetables, but you'll never get enough. You have to take it in supplement form to have a therapeutic benefit. And they're looking at melatonin there. Um, They're also looking at berberine. That's another superhero, I think, Uh, even black seed oil. You know, these are all, again, these are immune modulators, balancing the immune system, lowering inflammation, balancing glycemic uh, or or blood sugar uh, levels. And uh, the outcomes, again, to your point, like this is managing the hub of what disturbs most of us. What we're Mm -hmm. finding with this self project is we're just proving uh, what we've thought all along, which is these ingredients known to manage inflammation at the cellular level. And the fact that anyone that we're looking at within our database, not any, most have problems with methylation, uh, or as you put it, you know, the interlumen of the artery lining with the 9, you know, P21G Mm -hmm. variation manage inflammation at the cellular level and you're going to be healthier
0: so given that i mean the ingredients you put together uh, in your head this all makes sense because you've been doing this for so long and you go to all the shows and you see all of what's available and what's best in class so break down why you for the stuff that you put in there why each one what do they do
1: we're also in the in the middle of working this out uh, with uh, you know, some incredible people. Can't talk about this entirely, yet, but let's just say you know some people that have been doing this for many years at uh, Georgia Tech University, okay. and uh, using you know AI, big data, um, you know with the, with the help of uh, you know IBM monster machines. And so not just sort of what Mansoor has taught us with genomic pathways and that what we theorize through applications of you know, uh, this for that, but now actually working them back through big data insofar as indications, even those that are off label. So um, we'll know with high, high certainty, this, this trial that we have coming up is also kind of just further proof in the pudding. So what we're doing is we're bookending anyone who wants to be involved in the self-trial, dot You can register there. Um, We're doing urinary, way downstream measures of inflammation. So a lot of, you know, literature is focused on kind of upstream. We know what the genetics are, of course, but upstream inflammation, you know, COX-2, um you know, uh, NF-kappa beta intracellular stuff, which is all important. But we're looking all the way downstream at something called 11-dehydrothromboxane. That's like urinary output of that level of that individual's level of inflammation, um, plus C-reactive protein, very high specificity, which is relevant to the cardiovascular system, especially, but all other tissues. Um, and then we wanted to capture 8-OHDG. Um, which is an acronym for 8-hydroxydeoxyguanosine. That's inflammation or free radical attack to the DNA, um, and that's so important for us because we want to understand as it pertains to what we know about genomics, but also, you know, doing these lifetime uh, interventions. So the individuals have this baseline urinary testing. They'll take one month of these ingredients that we believe both through our experience, uh, ours as an ours collectively and the work of Dr. Mansur Mohammed and the work at DNA Co. And we believe that after a month, we're going to see a significant live decline uh, in, um, in those uh, three uh, biometric endpoints.
0: Of That's awesome. And it's awesome that you're taking that approach because often you come up with something that, in fact, forget about. You come up with something. You just have something that you can write a spin a story about, and you put a label on it, and you see it being sold online. And this is what drags the industry down because all of a sudden there's no efficacy, things don't work, and then everything gets bucketed the same. Because going back to that question of science, there's especially in the U. S. There's a lot less scrutiny. It's a lot easier to just come up with a product. We, they don't have. Like you said, the Canadian scrutiny, it's anybody can go make a supplement as long as it's manufactured under GMP. It's clean, essentially, right? So, uh, but what you've done is you said, well, we're not going to sell this stuff until we prove it. So we're going to put, I think you have uh, close to a thousand people enrolled now where you're, you know, it's 1500
1: enrolled. Yeah. So, okay. you know, whether you're selected for the trial, we want to be fair here as well, because we're not going to placebo control this. This is not an official for publication, you know, study. We're going to do that in the future. Um, this is efficacy market research, but um, we're gonna, we're purposely populating two pools, um, one in which we call the health seeker. These individuals actually have a problem that's very relevant to cellular inflammation uh, and something you already mentioned during the podcast, you don't have to feel bad to feel even better. Right. Uh, and we appreciate those individuals at the DNA company and itself. And, and and what we're saying is if you're a wellness seeker or a biohacker, you're somebody who's looking to go from good to better, uh, we want you to, um, and we want to understand both of these, uh, pools. Uh, yeah, certainly we won't be able to, you know, onboard 1500 individuals, but, uh, those that don't will have special, um, very special first access, uh, discounts to both testing and the finished product. Once we prove it out.
0: Cool. And in the little time that we have left here, you know, I'm sure people are wondering, okay, it's obvious this rice guy knows what he's talking about. You know, he's, he's learned a few things along the way. When it comes to innate immunity, the person that hasn't been tested, that doesn't know their genetics, that isn't even sure if they need help or not, what are those two or three things that sort of everybody should be doing?
1: Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to the uh, work of Dr. Paul Merrick at the University of Eastern Virginia School of Medicine and his team they are doing wonderful work there as it relates to like, currently, I mean, I'm giving you like what we're going through with this pandemic. Um, those ingredients, if you look at iMask, I-M-A-S-K plus, you just Google that. That's what I think everyone should do right now to help activate their innate uh, immunity in the face of this pandemic. And uh, so again, I'll just spit them out: vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc. Um, I add uh, NAC in there. I think that's something they haven't added. But NAC or N-acetylcysteine, which is by the way going to be so, soon off the market, unfortunately in, in right, the U.S. Yeah. because it's both uh, considered drug and supplement. And of course, if it's uh, valuable to the drug world and they can profit from it, they're going to yank it off the shelves. Um, zinc is in there, if I hadn't already said it, and melatonin, and then black seed. Like, human black human oil is like the poor man's um ivermectin in my right. opinion and anyone can access that uh, to that i would really seriously consider this echinacea and i mean i'm not a brand uh, hawker um but i have to you know advise people if they're looking for the right stuff when it comes to echinacea it's this a vogel uh it's a swiss brand very widely available health food stores and some drugstore specialized pharmacies a vogel and it's uh, called Force. they have all kinds of formats by the way this is safe in pregnant lactating uh women <laughs> and right. children i mean it's the level of safety efficacy is on. Uh,
0: un- and when i mentioned when i mentioned the magic potion in the beginning that's it i mean i i've, I've been using it I, I have not been sick in three years literally because of your help on that product. Anytime
1: I feel a tickle in my throat, you know, um, it's, it's it's sprayed all the time. I go off label with that one, by the way, and not everyone should, but, um, you know, I'm spraying it four or five times the back of my throat every hour right. until I don't feel anything. That's how I use the product. And, I'm, and, you know, I'm pretty sure I have a feeling, you know, the manufacturer wouldn't have a problem with me saying that.
0: Right. Cool. And then when we, when we look at, you know, so what's coming out now, you're going to go through this research, a study, you're going to prove the efficacy, the product works. Uh, We're then going to prove, you know, through people using it and getting their own results. How do we deal with this? And I only bring this up because of what you said about NAC. So yes, the FDA, I I don't know, it was about a month ago, they said that NAC is now a drug. It's no longer able to be purchased as a supplement. Um, In Canada, clinicians are being told that they may not be able to suggest vitamin C, by I mean, any any supplement and, and in fact i remember uh, a petition through p3 who you mentioned uh, a functional medicine clinic which is now closed which has now become VedMed, which you're you know you're involved in um, receiving an email from one of the practitioners there are saying i don't understand how this is possible please support this, you know, sort this survey, this petition to say, like, how can we doctors no longer prescribe vitamin C and vitamin D? So how much of a challenge is it? Is that pharma? Is that lack of information? Is it ignorance? Like what's going on there?
1: Yeah, so Codex, a big operation. This has been around since the mid 80s, or even earlier, I don't think this will ever be put through um, or ever succeed. Uh, first of all, when we're talking about not prescribing vitamin C, it's really not having access to certain dosages that would extend itself through you know, most nutraceuticals, I'm sure if that ever happened, again, I doubt it would ever happen for so many reasons, probably outside of the scope of this uh, podcast, but it would be more of like, what's the maximum dose of vitamin C that anyone right. can access. And if that's 250 milligrams, then so be it, you're just downing, you know, 20 pills at right. once instead of one. It's more of a dosing schedule thing. So that's codex, um, you know, alimentarius, and that's been going on for decades now, and I don't think they'll level went up. Now, certain, you know, dualities like NAC, I actually kind of understand this is the thing that you're going right. to get at the emergency room if you've overdosed on acetaminophen. Uh, because and by the way, I should mention, it's, it's, it's dosed into an intravenous, you know, bag and it's administered as the first Uh, acute care, first triage, first-line therapy for acetaminophen overdosing, Mm -hmm. that just tells you the story right there of the power of natural medicine and nutraceuticals, because NAC is the precursor, one of them, to glutathione, and your body in that acute state of toxicity needs glutathione to help you express the otherwise very deadly and toxic uh, acetaminophen overdose perfect example of real-world use of nutraceuticals, you know, and again, you know, we're using lower doses. Um, you know, the ingredients we've chosen, though, of course, you know, through the DNA code for our standalones and also through self, um, don't none of them that I know of uh, have any, other than NAC, have any uh, potential for you know dis, or, um, discontinued use mm-hmm. in fact if anything we're onboarding more and more really cool unique uh, novel ingredients um you know and, and that's part of the part of the process at uh self you know with uh ggc or gamma glutamyl cysteine you know for detoxification uh or, or for that matter the um nmn ingredient um that you know a lot of folks you know it's hard to access otherwise so this will be novel proven safe effective and access uh, you know uh, to the average individual
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome so bryce I, I mean we could go on for another two hours because we just tipped hit the tip of the iceberg in terms of knowledge and what you could ta- tell us about but um, first of all i would urge anyone that's interested in understanding their immunity and their inflammatory load and dealing with it enroll yourself in the self uh, trial so com right you can learn where you're at uh, how and that delta value between where you started and where you got to will give you a real sort of reality check of what work was needed right uh, and the other thing is if you want to get personalized and you want to understand not just hey it's my immune system but there's so much more going on that you could know uh are you okay if people contact you at VedMed and reach out to you to, to work with you?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're accepting new patients there. Our team is incredible. Dr. Elliot Jacobson heads up. The medical side uh medical doctor xer we're talking about the emergency room a second ago um sam gibbs osteopathic manual practitioner uh dr dan damian we're heavily focused there on neuro regeneration i mean i take a special interest in immune function uh and i work on alongside with dr jacobson but we have an amazing team that's looking at neuro rehab which this is post concussive therapies uh by the way whether it's you know physical or chemical um and, uh, yeah, so no rehabs are focused and, you know, anyone can contact us, uh, as a, you know, through info at venmed.com and that's double N as in Nancy, so info at V like Victor E N N, uh, M-E-D.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks Bryce. This was enlightening. I'm sure everyone's going to, you know, change a few things, make some tweaks and get a little better. So thank you again for joining us.
1: Thanks, Cash. I appreciate it so much.